welcome to the Ember podcast, the show where two crazy fangirls of Avatar The Last Airbender sit around and talk about every single episode of it. I am your lovely host, Leslie Richardson. And I am Barbara. How is everyone doing? You can't answer I me. Am. That's okay. okay. This is a podcast. <laughs> That's how podcasts work. <laughs> yeah. You can answer us in mind. If you're feeling alone, we're here for you with episodes of Avatar to make you feel better. But not this one, though, because this episode is just kind of depressing. <laughs> so, so, as a reminder, we will be talking about the episode, so there will be spoilers. We are also going to be what? talking about things that might happen in in the in the future. This is a podcast where we are assuming you have watched Avatar The Last Airbender before because it came out in 2005. Yeah, so I, I think we're past the expiration date for when it's okay to uh, start giving spoilers out for this one. We but to be fair, we're not going to, I'm going to do my best to keep Korra stuff to a minimum. I've seen the show. Barbara has not. Um, therefore, yeah, trying to keep it on the download. So anyway, today's episode that we will be covering is Book One, Water, Chapter Three, The Southern Air Temple. And boy, what a depressing <laughs> episode this is. <laughs> Again, for a show geared towards eight to 12 year olds i want to remind everyone that this is a pg show and as i don't even think it's pg i think it just says like y7 on it oh, as such this is as pg <laughs> as as the as the hunchback of no of no of no <laughs> Dom here yeah it's rated g on the box <laughs> Yay! So Leslie, <laughs> fire and so so Leslie, why don't you bring us bring us through what happens this episode? Well, Aang's freaking traumatized. That's what happens in this. So to summarize, Aang takes Katara and Sokka to the Southern Air Temple. He wants to see if there are any remaining Air Nomads left. It turns out. Absolutely not. In fact, they've all been wiped out by the Fire Nation as as gruesomely as you can possibly manage to display in a children's show, but they managed to <laughs> do so anyway, and it's freaking depressing and dark. And flips out, taps into the Avatar spirit, can't control it until Katara ultimately talks him down. Meanwhile, the B-plot is... It's um, lovely. <laughs> I, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Zuko and Iroh uh, are trying to fix up their ship after the aftermath of the previous episode where Aang basically destroyed it. And as such, they got a port and they run into um, General Iroh. No. Not General Iroh, no. Commander General Zhao. Zhao. Now. Commander Zhao, whatever his name is. General Captain. Now yeah. he's a commander. Zhao, yeah, absolutely. Commander Zhao. <laughs> right. Respect him. <laughs> Him to stupid sideburns and uh, I kind of like them. Yeah, and Zhao learns, and it turns out uh, Iroh and Zuko have the worst poker faces in the world because Zhao easily deduces that they found the Avatar, and now he's out to get the Avatar before they do. But before they get that started, we get an Agni Kai, one of the first Agni Kais on this show, but not the last. And in which case, Zuko kick Zhao's ass Fighting for his honor in an honorable fashion yeah honors <laughs> and yes <laughs> and Zhao is a sore loser about it by trying to kill a 16 year old it's great <laughs> so yeah that's kind of the summary of this up shall we dive right in awesome so so um starting off Katara is trying to lightly tell tell Aang that all of his people are dead. But she's... Yeah, Aang's kind of in denial. Aang is 100% <laughs> in in denial. I don't think he has fully processed that he's 100 years in the, in the, 
in the future right now, period. Not to mention that that there was a terrible war that probably killed all of his all of his friends and family, which is a pretty dark concept. To to be honest, I think. (laughs) Yeah. And like, I think what's interesting is that while the B plot with with Zuko seems seemingly disconnected from the stuff that Aang and co are going through, I feel like there's a good parallel that's set up between Aang and Zuko and their respective denials about how Zuko's in denial over his family and the fact that his father would want him back after getting, uh, after capturing Aang when that's not really the case. And Aang's in denial over his own family being alive possibly still, which is so not. I think that it's also, that it's also interesting the way that they actually handle Zuko's beam plot. So, so normally villains wouldn't have their own, their own plots. Villains wouldn't have their own villains. Commander Zhao coming in. So, so it makes <laughs> yeah. him a more prominent character, and it makes him more, more, more dynamic. And I think it really reveals he, that they were planning for him to have to have that turn later in the series. That's great. I didn't even think of that. Now that you think about it, yeah, I feel like the villain typically does not get this much focus usually, but yeah, and. From this episode onward, honestly, yeah, Zuko gets like a disproportionate amount of time that's almost equal to the amount of time that the Aang gang Aang gets. Gang. Love it. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. The gang. The gang spelled G-A-A-N-G. <laughs> yeah. I love how how Zuko's ship is smaller and just crappier than all of the other ships in oh, port. Yeah. Kind of showing. Like his dad his did not dad give a shit in this game. Like, about him. No. <laughs> He's the worst. I wrote down <laughs> Actually, that it's that it's the first sign that Daddy doesn't love him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so sad. Yeah, but Zuko's don't deny yeah. about it. And anyway, so here comes Zuko and Iroh coming up to uh, Zhao loudly <laughs> Zhao's like, talking about how they can't let anyone know about the Avatar. Commander Zhao did not reason this out. He was just within earshot. That is, that is why Commander Zhao starts starts asking around. There is no way he he would just assume Zuko. You need to use your inside voice. No, wait. I mean, Zuko and Iroh, they didn't bother to, like, come up with, like, a big backstory as to what happened to their ship before they got to... They had all the time in the world to do so. You wouldn't believe what happened. (laughs) Uncle, tell him what happened. I will do that. (laughs) What? Did we crash or something? (laughs) Yeah. We totally did. Oh, we also learn... That that Iroh loves tea and that Sokka loves meat. These are the these are core character values. series. It's funny. I mean, because when you do get to that Ember Island Players episode, uh, where they play up Sokka being into meat, I think it's. Yeah, I mean, it's true. I mean, yeah, he's into meat, but in book one especially, that's all he talks about half the time. Yeah. So, uh, so, um, so Katara seems to be the only one that really sees what is, what is gonna happen here, while Sokka just really wants food. So, so there's, oh, sorry. Oh. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, I really like the intro to the first air yes, temple that we get to see on the show. exactly what I was yeah. going to say. It is gorgeous. Yep. Yeah, they're the climbing over like the just mountain. Just like partying and then you just see it and there's all these sun rays and it's so pretty. Super cool. Super well designed only to get even cooler designs later on. The Western, like the Western air temple, air temple is, which is my like favorite. Down. So dope. Um, I'm trying to think, do they go to all I don't four? think that they go to the, the Eastern air, air Temple. They do That's go to the Northern Air Temple. Um, 
of you, uh, okay. listeners, Wait, no, no, the wait, Western error. Air, Air Temple is the one that is in that is in the Fire Nation that is built underneath that giant like mountain cavern range with the buildings that are upside down. It's so visually yeah. pleasing. So awesome. And then the Eastern Temple, I think he goes there when he's meeting up with the guru and <gasps> Yes. Right? Yes, he Wasn't does. That, that is Air Temple, yeah. but they don't really explore. Okay. No. Yeah, they do, or they show they pan out a lot and show shots okay. of it from time to time. I just don't remember what it looks yeah. like right now, but I think they do go. That to wasn't it. one of my favorite. Episodes. But either way, it's a great intro to the very first air temple that we get to see on the show. Yeah. The last. I feel like this episode is like the start of many first. We get first uh, air temple, first Agni Kai that we see on the show, um, first Avatar State freakout. Uh, <laughs> second Avatar State Freakout, I would say. Yeah, but this one emotionally was like driven. Yeah, driven by emotion. yeah. Mm-hmm. first tantrum. emotional freakout. Yeah. Don't call it a temper tantrum. I'd say it's valid. Uh, but. Well, yeah. I mean, he 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 is fully actualizing that his in, that his entire race is dead except for him. Um, which I think yeah. is is absolutely warranted. I mean. If anyone has watched Naruto, Sasuke Uchiha's entire clan is murdered, and he just broods for a decade. Oh, she's so angry. What is he so broods about? for about ten minutes, and then and and then he's fine. But it seems like he did it in a healthier way. Yeah, but the thing is, I don't think he's fully fine. Oh, by oh the end no, of this no, I. I think there, yeah, he's still trying to like get through it. He feels an immense amount of guilt that we learn more about in episode 10, The Storm, which I can't uh, wait till we get to which, that one because we're probably going to be talking for like two hours yeah, on that I, one. Yeah, I would but. have to say that is probably my favorite episode of this book. Oh, yeah. Um, it's one of my favorites. I don't know because then you get the Blue Spirit, which oh. is the episode that follows oh, it. Blue Spirit, like, both of them. I love the hell out of that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so hard. So good. Hard to oh, pick a favorite between them. Both of them. Darn it. Oh, Darn it, so it Leslie. Reminding me of how amazing <laughs> yeah. this series is. Okay. Oh, this series is amazing, guys. <laughs> if you're watching this and haven't seen the show, please for some watch reason, the show. Please. Go see it. We're doing a podcast. Like, stop what you're doing right now. Stop this podcast. It's probably yeah. good. It's very easy to find. Now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Back so on anyway. track. Um, they uh, uh, Ang 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 says the the only way to get to 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 get to the air temple is by bison, which I don't think is true because be, because one um we we will see later. That all of the air nomads either left or have perished, um, but also um, there is a there's a winding road that leads up to the air temple. So, I think that they might have to walk a while, <laughs> but I think they could get there, and they and they yeah. did. No, it's like it's kind of sad, <laughs> but. I guess they wouldn't publicize the long road thing because it's like that takes too long and it sounds quite arduous. They should have just just made some some type of tunnel that might have been a secret, like a secret tunnel. Oh, secret tunnel! Yeah, secret, 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 secret tunnel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, um, so uh, they. They go up. You 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 see this. You see this amazing air 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 temple, and then you go back to Commander Zhao staring at a map on the wall, which is how you know he's evil. <laughs> Whenever yeah. someone stares at a map on the wall and is talking to the map, you know. Yeah. They're bad news. <laughs> so it's revealed to us that stupid Zuko's crew. Been... Zuko's what? stupid crew 
told Commander Zhao <laughs> that they had the Avatar. Yeah. But it's also been revealed that Zuko's been at sea for like two years trying to capture the Avatar. So what's interesting here is that we don't get the full backstory about what happened to Zuko, how he got the spur and all that. But like the show does a great job alluding to what happened prior to that. Mm -hmm. And like if you're a savvy viewer, which between the ages of eight to 12, which is what I think I was like eight or nine at the time this came out. You can piece together parts of it if you're paying enough attention, which I think is nice. Like, I appreciate that the creators of the show its audience seriously and doesn't just outright state it right off the bat. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. But, geez, Super was, like, 13 when he was banished. Which, what? which I think that's the first time they mentioned that he was... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Zhao, Zhao literally calls him just a banished prince um and and when and when they are they they are talking about the agni kai uh Zhao Zhao keeps on goading him talking about his talking about his scar how he had how he mm -hmm. like did some type of agni kai before and then and and then and then after the yeah. agni kai is set the 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 frame slowly pans from Zuko's unblemished face oh, no, towards the sky. I love that shot. I love it. I was gonna mention and that. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's great. And I was, yeah, because Iro said something like, "Have you forgotten the last time you faced like a master?" And he's like, "Yeah, I'll never yeah. forget." as it's pointing to his scar and like they don't say that the master question his dad. in this case is dad which is so fucked up oh. <laughs> it's just like wow yeah. that's devastating we will talk um, a lot more about that during during the yeah, storm I'm so excited for that oh yeah yeah, and they, uh, I think Zhao also mentioned, like, apparently two years of sea haven't tempered your, your tongue either, which alludes to the fact that, okay, Zuko might have done something with his big mouth or something that got him into yeah. trouble. Um, why he got banned. I, I love it before all of this happens when, um, um, when, uh, Zhao is, when Zhao is trying to detain, um, Iroh and Zuko. Uh, I love how Zuko just kicks that little table and just destroys the tea on it because it just yeah. shows he doesn't give a crap. He doesn't care. Mm -mm. But the tea, uh, though, it was really good ginseng. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where I oh, oh, okay. Let's let let's stick with the Agni Kai for now. So. Okay, yeah, can we just, like, go through this? Cause oh, God, it's <laughs> so dramatic. Having to switch back and forth for this episode yeah. in particular. <laughs> I have so many things on the Agni guy. Yeah, no. So, we get our first uh, Agni So, Kai, Leslie, what is, is an Agni Kai? Okay, so it means it's a fire duel. I think that I think it's actually Japanese fire duel. So, it's basically a thing that happens in the Fire Nation where two people can challenge each other to a firebending one-on-one -on -one fight similar to like the wild wild west where you can <laughs> not the will smith version <laughs> where uh you can duel somebody else with your guns except in this case it's fire so agni yeah. agni kai actually means fire victory oh or, okay, or up or like fire start Gotcha. Anyway, uh, it is so dramatic. It's wonderful. Oh, yeah. But Zuko's ripped. <laughs> Zuko's, Zuko's ripped, but he's as pale as a ghost. Oh and, my god! Yeah. And um, <laughs> and uh, listeners, you you have never seen Leslie Les Leslie or I. Uh, Leslie has this like beautiful chocolate skin, and, and I look look like a piece of copy paper. <laughs> And I was a little worried for Zuko here. I was like, Zuko, get get outside. Right. You need the vitamin A. 
Yeah, but yeah, he looks ripped here. <laughs> but it, oh, yeah. um, I but I've noticed that his in shoulders. my book. Oh yeah, but I've noticed like in book two onward, he gets noticeably leaner. But from the time he becomes like full on refugee onward through the rest of the show, which of course I had noticed something like this because because of a lot. Sure. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you really love those street rats. <laughs> yeah, what can I say? Yeah. Have nipples. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Zuko's got nipples. Zuko didn't have nipples, I don't think. No, Zuko, Zuko's nipple. I, I actually rewound just to double check. <laughs> otherwise, I was going to write it down. <laughs> okay, Zuko has nipples. We're good, guys. Fine. We learned. <laughs> yep, we learned. So... <laughs> Yeah, but he becomes noticeably leaner later on in the show. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, the fight's really cool. It's well choreographed, well animated. Oh, it's fantastic. Um, oh, Zuko does an awesome breakdance Can move. Flip? And like, yeah. the episode knows it too because it like replays it three times. Three times. <laughs> and, you know, I, also what's something that's important is that as much as he bickers with Iroh about everything and is angsty as he can be around him, like he does actually listen to Iroh. Iroh's make sure you break Chow's root or whatever, which Zuko does. So he does listen which to what I wrote. worded really strangely, but <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. So um, Zuko technically ends up winning the fight because he basically pins Zhao and instead of like killing him. Yeah, instead of <laughs> flat out killing him, he doesn't do it. <laughs> and he like punches a Thing of fire next to his face and then he walks away like an like honorable the bigger person. person yeah to the audience this is honorable to Zhao which is a reflection of the fire nation as a whole he considers him a coward for this which yeah there's a the lot fire nation the world is very from. much about ultimate destruction and Where's ultimate and 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 just destroying things around you that is that is what fire does we see this theme with fire throughout the first half of the series um the last half it kind of like breaks away from fire is bad and and it just hurts people to to fire is needed and it's and it's cool and yeah, it, is, or it breaks down it, the core of what firebending really is what yeah, Fire which is, is which is a major spoiler. So we're yeah. gonna avoid that. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, so, uh, so after Zuko walks away like a man mm-hmm. who won, um, Zhao gets up like a whiny little bitch, and and tries to hit hit Zuko when his back is turned. Yeah. So, Iroh jumps in quick as a flash and just throws him to the ground. Mm. He's just like, even in exile, my nephew is more honorable than you. Burn. <sighs> Pun intended. And he called him disgraceful because he yeah. was disgraceful. Oh, totally was. And then it's great because then afterward, as they're walking out, Suko's like, Did you really mean that, Uncle? <laughs> and he's like, Yes, the tea was good. Oh, I just, I love it. I love these two so freaking much. And, like, at the same time, I feel so bad for for Zuko, who's just clearly a confused kid, where, like, something that seems benevolent to everybody else except the Fire Nation is considered cowardly and bad stuff, which grew him over a little bit, so. Yeah, I think the the best part of of the in of of the entire series is how they write the in the 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 interactions between the different characters and how you can really see their love and how and and how you 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 uh you can really see even when two different characters are on totally opposite sides you can always see both of their viewpoints even if you don't agree with one of them everyone always has a rational backing and it's and, mm-hmm. and, and it's and it's really nice 
that we don't just get the hero side we also get the the villain side too yeah and i think also something important to note is that both sides are equally interesting like usually if you have a villain cool like the villain tends to be the superior like far more interesting character to follow and while zuko is my favorite character on the show like Aang's still super duper compelling to watch as well and just seeing that parallelism is pretty neat especially for a kid show since, Not- since again really emphasizing like the villains here and then the complexities of the villain which is awesome except for Zhao who's just human garbage but <laughs> yeah uh Zhao Zhao will be coming up later quite a bit oh yeah and- but I don't think we'll see him for 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 book for for book two, right, oh, yeah, Leslie? He, right. No, no. <laughs> so please keep that in mind if you're feeling a little bit angry at him. Uh, so yeah, it's fine. He's only so, in this book. And so actually- back to the gang. Uh, uh, they're in the Southern Arden Temple playing airball, which mm-hmm. looks so fun and cool. Although before that, shout out to the for this episode or just the whole show in general. They're playing like a very subdued, quiet, um, xylophone sounding version of the theme song as they're Ooh. walking through the temple for the first time. And it gives this very eerie, abandoned kind of vibe, which I really like. Oh, lovely. Yeah. So, so air, so air ball is super cool. Yep, looks super hard, <laughs> unless you're an airbender. Yeah, which um, which um, Sokka isn't. So Sokka face plants, and we see our first remnant of of the of the Fire Nation attack, which is a like charred helmet. Yeah, which which which, which at first Katara thinks this will be a good thing to show Aang. But then second guesses herself and hides it using using snow. Yeah. Which, uh, which I get. Yeah, but totally. Also, but also, it might make what happens later a little bit worse. I know, right? It's like, oh, if she'd shown him that now, just to, like, ease him into what he might find later. Because later it gets crazy. Oh, God. So, so they... So they, so they go up to the air to to the air sanctuary. But first, they see a statue of Monkey Atso, oh, and we awesome. and we get a amazing Lord. flashback scene. Oh, this guy's great! I love Monkey Atso. Super cool, um, super wise, super funny. And see where and gets his sense of humor from. I want all those cakes. Those cakes actually look very good. I don't know. What they, they look are. delicious. Yeah. Rum- Remember last last episode when when Zuko talks talks to Aang about like not knowing what family is, not knowing what fathers are. I really think Mungiatso plays that father role to Aang, mm-hmm. and this will come up again and again and again throughout the season. It's so sad what happens to him. My gosh, but um, they do mention that most people learn they're the Avatar sixteen, which. I still feel like that's a huge burden for a an angsty teenager to carry around with them. Like, geez, I would go for maybe like eighteen if the world wasn't in dire yes, peril. But I, but but I, but I think they would need time to learn all of the elements um, in this series. You see, Aang learn them within what two years? A Would year. You, this whole show takes place. Yeah, which is extremely narrow time period to mm-hmm. to learn all of these bendings. And even by the end of it, I wouldn't even say that he's a full on master of all the of the three other elements. Even he's just competent enough with all of them, uh, in order to use them to beat the Fire Lord. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, yeah. So uh, so I love it when they went when um when they go to the air sanctuary and uh and ang is pushing the air through the air horns and there's like this cool 3d animation (laughs) of them flipping 
which blends in really well with the with the like 2d actually yeah you know i mean i mean i could still see it but it wasn't jarring it's 3d we it's, know it's, it's 3D. 3d but like i don't know i thought for the most part it fit in still with like the art style and stuff and yeah it wasn't distracting that's what we're yeah walking in to the sanctuary there are at least 400 statues of 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 just past avatars yep this is our first introduction to the whole avatar reincarnation cycle idea so the idea that the avatar gets reincarnated into the next nation cycle after the current avatar dies and yeah pretty cool sets up mythology yeah one of one of my most prominent parts of this episode was when was was when Aang mentioned that he was a firebender in his in his in in his in his past life um avatar roku and and um and uh and Sokka says you were a firebender in in a past life no wonder i didn't i didn't trust you which which really sets up this like inherent because you're part of one nation we all hate you and 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 you have all of these bad qualities mm-hmm. kind of like the houses in harry potter where like yeah. just because you are put in slytherin you are automatically evil now which i am a slitherclaw and proud so i'm I'm a, I'm a slytherin i Woo! want to be a slitherclaw <laughs> but let's be real yeah you're full on slytherin i love you yeah. for it <laughs> i'm witty but i'm more cunning and yep. ambitious hiss yeah so learns are great haters gonna hate <laughs> um i'm i'm also a firebender if i if i could actually bend i feel that i would just be a firebender leslie you I would feel- be a waterbender right yeah i love water definitely be a water yeah which which i think is kind of interesting because i would definitely say slytherins are firebenders and raven and ravenclaws are water are water benders airbenders yeah. are are gryffindors yeah. no i think and oh the air the airbenders would be they're not airs like defensive. he uses his bending for defense which is Truth. kind of benevolent which is like hufflepuff and then i think yeah, gryffindors Earthbenders would be Gryffindor because they face things head on like a rock. <laughs> yes, perfect. Oh yeah, okay. we got it. We got the analogy. <laughs> we, we did it. Oh, oh, here is where we also meet Momo. So, oh, no. oh, so although, Momo, wait, Ooh. I gotta ask, like, how did Aang not know that uh, know who Avatar was, or like nobody bothered to tell Aang who his past life was? Well, no, Aang, Aang just knows because it's him. Um, Gyatu, oh, okay. Okay. Um, Monk, Monk Gyatu mentions that, that, um, that, that he has to go into, and, in, into in the sanctuary to find someone to talk to. But, but, but he just sees all of these statues of his past life. It is him telling him that he has to find himself and talk to his past selves okay which comes up later and it's and it's so cool and the first time the first time you watch this you don't you you don't catch it yeah but it means nothing like a a a feeling of connection just the way that ang stares at ku's statue for a minute like yeah staring into his eyes piercing eyes but yeah you get to see a lot throughout this show yeah so we also know momo so momo means means uh means peach it is yeah because i was like i didn't understand the joke at the end when he took Sokka's peach and then everyone was laughing when and called him and i was like i'm good uh, (laughs) momo is also a normal dog name in japan it is like Fido or Spot here. Oh, okay. So I that's also the joke that it's uh, that it's like this is a normal dog name, 
for my yeah. pet flying lemur. Yep. <laughs> uh, so they are so they are lighthearted through through the through the temple un, until until they come across the the remains of Monkey Atsu oh. surrounded by a bunch of just uh, Fire Nation soldiers. Mon- Which- Monkyatsu is a total skeleton. Everyone around him is dead. The, uh, the shot is so good. Like you can read a lot. Of the shot, like um, first just the nature of it. It's freaking dark. <laughs> Children's show. It's like oh my gosh. So all these dead bodies, right? And then you got Gyatso in the center of it all, with like an aura light over him, like representing like the light that he brought into Aang's life and stuff. And also, I think it's implied that Gyatso was kicking so much ass prior to his death, because no, I think he managed he to, must like... have killed a hundred of yeah, them. Yeah, which is also crazy, considering that, like, the Air Nomads are considered to be, like, the peaceful Pacifist. nation, and they use their bending more on the defense, if anything, so the fact that it's kind of implied that he took out <laughs> all these dudes... Before his death is insane, and it's really sad. So I also love the use of his uh, of his um, necklace, where you find out at the same time that it's that it's actually Mangyatsu at, at the same time Aang Aang does visually because the necklace on him is the same necklace that is on his statue, which is the same necklace that. That was in the past shot, and I really liked that image. It yeah, that's brought great. it through. Mm-hmm. That and like you do feel a connection because uh, with this character and how Aang's affected by it, because you do get like the flashback with Monkey Out. So which it makes you care. Yeah, it makes you care. Like it's as simple as that. I mean, I was playing. Uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, kind of spoilers for Final Fantasy 15. Sorry, but I was playing Final Fantasy 15 and um, there is a character who's like the love interest in it and she's supposed to be really important, blah, blah, love interest. And then she dies about halfway through. (laughs) Spoiler, sorry. And I felt nothing because they never really set up that relationship between each other. Like the only glimpse that we get of them is when they're kids. And even then the writing is not up to snuff. So they don't even sound or act like kids <laughs> during those flashbacks. So I felt no connection to this character. So I was like, you can't just kill off a character and expect us to immediately care just because you killed a character that maybe somebody else was close to, but like this is how you do but, it correctly with something as simple as mm-hmm. just like a brief two minute flashback. So good on you show. Yep. So then Aang is heartbroken and he's angry and he's finally realizing that everything he knew is gone and he has a breakdown and he goes in and he goes into into the 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 avatar state and makes this giant cyclone of wind that pushes away everything except for monkey Atsu's body yeah Oh, it's so sad. Like, you can feel all the pain. It's, I think it's a really good way to visualize the way that Aang is feeling without outright saying how he... Like, well, I mean, it's pretty clear from his actions that this is devastating and absolutely traumatizing for him. And, like, you can tell, like, a part of him down probably this was the fate of so many of the people that he cared about, but, like, this is him having to be face to face with it for the first time. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, so uh so this is this it uh when he is going through the avatar the the avatar say this this time. It might be be because it's heightened, it might be be because this is the first time that he's like unleashing all of his power and he can't control himself really um but but it but it triggers the lights in every 
single avatar temple in the world to go off. Oh, that yeah. means that that means the air temple eyes glow, the earth the earth temple lights up, the water temple lights up, and and the fire temple lights up. So we will be going to in a couple episodes. So all of so all of the sages know the avatar is back, which is both good and bad. It is good (laughs) because it brings hope to nations that wouldn't have it previously. And it's bad because the Fire Nation is gonna take this seriously now. Yep. but i love how and and i will be a broken record about this i swear but i love how every nation has its own color scheme and Mm -hmm. every nation has its own architecture and its own feel and its own culture and its own food and it's and its own like like yeah the way people dress and the way people act Mm -hmm. and and like people's hairstyles and when you're moving it feels like you're going somewhere new yeah that's the great one of the best parts about the show just the world building and all the traveling every location that they go to really stands out to me they don't really mesh together each one has its own different culture people who are things it's pretty neat, and there's a lot of good thorough mythology and world building that's done throughout the course of the show, which is great. Um, although I have uh, to wonder, like, so I guess those beacons go off every time he enters the avatars. Because if that's the case, is it kind of a plot hole that, I mean, he went into the avatars in the episode prior, but we didn't cut to those temple lights going off. So, after. so... It so it might be that it that 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 all the lights trigger the 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 other lights, not when he goes into the avatar state, but when he's in in the temple and goes into the avatar state or near the temple. He was outside the temple time. Yeah, but I I mean the sanctuary part of it anyway. Yeah, but I would say that he's close enough. Maybe. Yeah, (laughs) he's within like you know fifty feet. He's got good reception. Yeah. 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 Towers. <laughs> that, that there are so many like statues. <laughs> they are. They're just one big antenna. Mm-hmm. It's just so. Like, it's just, yeah. yeah. Katara doesn't actually calm him down. It's just uh, the fact that he ran out of data because he didn't have a good data oh. plan. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry, Avatar Avatar writers, but but this is my least favorite trope. People <laughs> that okay. Sorry. Let me. Let me just restart. This is my least favorite favorite trope. When there's so much wind and stuff going around, Katara, he can't hear you. <laughs> You're using your normal voice. You need to yell louder. You have to get closer, and that like and that gets dangerous. She was kind of yelling when she was talking kind about of. how her soccer or or, their, or his family now. Yeah. But I but but. But I think that that she's still too far away because there's so much wind. I'm, I am from Florida. We 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 get terrible hurricanes, and yeah. you can't but hear you someone the next, the next six feet away. I mean, it's called Hurricane Leslie, and I'm like, oh uh, no, Hurricane Leslie is is just hanging out in the Atlantic. She is <laughs> yeah. not coming to land. She is just cruising she's around. Coming to land. <laughs> <laughs> she will be destructive as hell. Really? Up north? Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. I'm I'm joking. <laughs> oh no, no, no! Right now, she is just in the middle of the ocean, yeah. like hanging out, just chilling, being, being cool. You know, that's all cool Leslie's do. <laughs> she's on a Disney. She is on a Disney cruise. Okay, yeah, that's what she's yep. in the middle of the ocean. Yep. Hey, well, you know that's what cruises do, right? They just hang out in the middle of the ocean while you have a good time. So it's yeah. fine. <laughs> so so that is that is just the one nitpick that i that that i have about this but i thought what she said was was beautiful even though i'm not sure how long they have known each other but yeah but they like, seem I mean, I don't to know be... how long it took to get to the southern air temple from the water um from the water tribe or the southern water, water tribe but yeah probably took at least a couple hours 
but yeah, either way, it is really. But it's, but but it's nice for her to offer because she knows he doesn't have family, and mm-hmm. and Sokka is the only family that she has right there. Yeah, so and like she so totally understand. They both understand what it's like to lose people they love. Like yeah. uh, the thing with her mother, like it wasn't good, guys. Um, <laughs> Southern Raiders, um, everyone. Yeah, this is. <laughs> This is th- this is another thing that I love about about um uh, uh about the whole series. It is it is that while they are children going on adventures and they're teenagers going on adventures, they still have parents and they matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's and- great, and like the the parents aren't made to be completely stupid or completely useless. They're actually and in- proactively involved in the plot for better. Or- first but in a in a good way so like i mean when katara and sokka's dad enters the picture he's really cool he's a badass he helps him a lot in the world in the war effort and he's just a good overall cool dad i mean and then and on the other hand you got like why he's not there yeah and then on the other hand you got someone like zuko's dad who's the absolute worst but at the same time like i mean he's the end game but he has the nice firework game and it's apparent one and two like none of these parents that we get in the show are made out to be stupid i think i I think about like toff's parents for instance where they're not in the show for very long but you can see the impact that they've had on toff as a character and why she does the things she does and like they while they are not the greatest parents like you can understand where they're coming to they are trying in their own way they aren't trying to be malicious. Zuko's dad at first was trying in in his own way, maybe. He's also a sociopath. But yeah. <laughs> um but what but what he does makes sense even though it's evil. Mm-hmm. Like you really feel the impact of everybody's parents, whether they're around or not, on pretty much every single one of these characters like you see it yeah. with Gyatso Gyatso and Aang where Aang even though he's the avatar and has this heaping load of responsibility on him still acts like a kid acts like a normal 12 year old because Gyatso like really pushed to keep him a child essentially as revealed in the storm episode and and got you know and Toph's parents and Sok and, and then uh Zuko and his really seen the effect that they had on both of them where like mm-hmm. both of those parents played the favoritism game and Zuko's mother favored Zuko and uh their father favored Azula and, and just seeing and how that favoritism of them. really yeah really made them who they are uh partially mm-hmm. as people and then like having I and then you got the surrogate parents like Iroh who's the absolute best and just the impact that he had on Zuko and like honestly without Iroh I mean I don't even think Zuko would be alive <laughs> to be honest but he 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 wouldn't be and um and we and we'll talk about this more in the storm because because there's so much in that in that episode that really shows how much Iroh sacrificed for Zuko yeah but uh but it's but it's such but it's such a wonderful thing that that all of the characters a, for, matter. Yeah, and for like a show on Nickelodeon of all places, <laughs> where most parents and other shows that were on at the time were completely incompetent or just weren't absent. Yeah, or and, just absent. And like, the kids didn't didn't care, and it and it didn't matter because mm-hmm. be, because they're kids saving the world. But it's but it's nice that that like when they meet adults, the adults are realize, oh wow, this this is a lot. You guys have a lot on you guys have a lot on your shoulders. Yeah, it, like they take the time to flesh out the parents and the adults in general on this show with as much depth as they do the kids, which is pretty refreshing. Yeah. That is a that is a great place to stop episode three. Yeah. Great episode. So, really sad. But luckily it's followed up with episode four, which we will talk 
talking about next time the warriors the warriors of, of kiyoshi <laughs> flamio so. hot men flamio hot men <laughs> <laughs>